Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 367, Books, Turkeys for Tomorrow, and Wild Turkeys with Ron Jolly. And I am your co-host, and the guy who was just reminded by his lovely bride that next weekend is opening weekend of gun deer season in Alabama. And I'm your co-host, the guy who is dad. All right, so I know a lot of you guys follow Cameron on Instagram and know that he is now dad, but Cameron is actually not on this week's show. Isn't that right, Cameron? Exactly. So since Cameron has abandoned us for paternity leave this week, Well, I figured this would be a good time to get him on record for some things. Dang. So, I have some questions for you, Cameron. Do you feel like fanning should be legal in all states in the country? Yeah. Cameron, do you feel like maybe the traditional style of turkey hunting should be banned and we should only be allowed to fan turkeys? Yeah. Cameron, so how should we kill these fanned turkeys? Should we be forced 
to shoot them with TSS shot? Yeah. Cameron, have you ever fanned and killed a turkey? And did you love it? Wow, yeah. Just very briefly, tell me how you really feel about decoys. Do you think that decoys should be used by every single turkey hunter in the United States, Canada, Mexico, and New Zealand? Yeah. And right here in front of everyone listening to the show, do you vow going forward to use decoys to implement fanning and to kill every turkey from here on out with TSS shot. Dang, yeah. Well, there you guys have it. Cameron is on the record for, well, everything that Cameron doesn't believe in. So here's what I want you guys to do. Get on social media and just rail on Cameron about how he's changed his opinions and how disappointed you are in him and the hypocrisy and so on and so forth. But don't mention anything to him about me asking you guys to rail on him in the comments on IG. Just leave your comments and then just ghost him from there. We'll see if he'll figure it out. It'll be a lot of fun. He may not think so, but we will. And besides, he's off work for paternity leave. What else does he have to do but reply to angry messages on his social media? Hey, what are friends for? So this week, you got me solo introing and outroing the show, but we were able to record this interview before Josie Weddington graced our presence on this earth. And I don't know if you guys have seen a picture of that child or not, but she is beautiful. She looks just like her mom. So thank God for that. Thank God that she's healthy. And I know that Cameron and Audrey appreciate your prayers for them. And Cameron has gone full on proud papa and rightly so. For our interview this week, we have a great one with friend of the show and all-around good guy, Ron Jolly. So we're going to catch up with Ron about turkeys for tomorrow. We are going to hear about a turkey hunt or two from Ron as well. I love turkey stories. I tell you, man, I just can't get enough of them. It's so much fun to hear them. It's so much fun to share my own it's just a good time. I know you guys enjoy it as well. And in addition to all of that, we're going to talk about the possibility of another book by Ron Jolly. So you guys listen in closely, and I will see you on the other side. Hello. Hello. Mr. Yo. Jolly. Hold on just a second there, brother. All right. How's that? Sounds Mo good. better. Mo better. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm technically. I'm technologically challenged, as you well know. Says a man that can run a video camera <laughs> and edit. I think, <laughs> well, I, that took a lot of that took a lot of patience and learning on my part. Too. <laughs> <laughs> How y'all doing? Wonderful. How about you? Man, I'm doing better than I deserve. I'm sitting here looking out the front at the pond and there's deer under the red oak trees and leaves turning and. Shoot, can't get much better. My favorite time of the year, except when dogwoods are blooming. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fact. Yeah, Tess has been getting some good pictures of some bucks I've seen on Instagram. Miss Tess has been wearing it out. She's every day, every day, every day. We don't have any big deer here, but we got some old deer, but, you know, they're just pretty predictable, and she's in her happy place morning and afternoon. The, the ones she's put on Instagram, they could they could be served on my table any day. Hmm. Well, they all eat the same, I guess. <laughs> That's for sure. I have to caution y'all. We're not going to have that fool Preston Pittman with us today. 
<laughs> Darn. <laughs> this might be a little boring. <laughs> uh, no, it won't be. It will not be. That's for sure. Well, you you thinking you want a shot at redemption? That's up to you, brother. I'm, I'm up for it. I probably would do a little better in the evening. My brain is a little slow in the morning, but I'll try. That might be the only chance that a record holder has of keeping the record. Well, let's I give think, him a fair shot, then. I think you've been practicing. I think Tess has been reading off questions to you every night, and you've been practicing, <laughs> getting ready for this. She wouldn't know your questions, and if she was, I couldn't remember them. So that's, that's, that's a no-go. That's a no <laughs> Man, i got so many things going on. I feel like, remember on the old... Um, Shows used to come on the evening where they'd have this guy with all these plates spinning on these little poles, and he'd run yeah. down there and get that one spun up, and I, that's what I do every day. Yeah, well, that works. Yeah. I mean, well, it's good to stay busy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ought to be good then because I'm busy yeah. <laughs> shipping out books and calls and PFT and trying to write a little bit and just in the farm. So yeah. I've not broke out my steel camera yet because I know I'm not good enough to compete with it, but. I always enjoy it. I just can't even find time to do it. Yeah, yeah. Good, good sign. You're selling books and calls, and TFT's running good. Then if you're busy, so that's that's all well, good stuff. I'm busy, that's for sure. Yes, sir. God's good. That's yes, true. Well, Andy, why don't you give him a shot at redemption? And and you better read fast this time. I mean, there you can't can't have any slip ups. I feel like you should be nervous. <laughs> Are we doing the same one or is this a different one? Oh no, it's it's the same one. We got to be fair to you. I thought you got a separate round of questions, don't you? Well, I pulled out the dictionary today, <laughs> and we're just going to give some vocabulary questions and maybe Definition. a little spelling here and there. Spelling? Spelling? <laughs> 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 Whatever. <laughs> okay. You're you're good. You're good with it. All right. So. I lack one thing on being able to do this, and that is a stopwatch. So I'll time it. That way there's, there's no I partiality. I don't trust you, so I'm pulling up <laughs> stopwatch on Google. You don't trust me. Jolly doesn't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> do you trust Jolly? Yeah, yeah I think okay. I do. So there, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> At least one of us trusts somebody on this call. <laughs> I trust oh, both as long as I can see you. <laughs> All right. Well, then, let's do this. This is this is Ron's shot at redemption. And, Ron, I don't know if you know this or not, but we have a new record holder. So, it's, Tony Caggiano okay, is now in second now. place. I'm third now? You're in third place now <laughs> by, by okay. a full half second. Wow. Wow. And who's in first? Jim Casada. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's a strong competition right there. <laughs> he did good. He, he did good. That's for sure. Well, let's let's do yeah, it, man. Jim Caster. Jim Caster has been my mentor for years and years. Really? I didn't know y'all had a relationship. Yes, sir. He 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 did the initial edit on my book and oh, wow. gave me a lot of great advice. Yeah. Well, he's a good person to get. To edit a book, for sure, if it pertains to turkeys. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he was a he was a great interview. We really enjoyed it. I was I felt like a kid in a candy store getting to talk to Jim with with my obsession with turkey literature. He's the guy. He sure is. He's a legend, that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. 
All right. Well, then I'm going to start the clock on the first question, and we're going to run through these 30 questions. You hear that deep breath? I hear it. <laughs> Let me... Hit it. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Fried. Wild turkey on the rocks, neat, with cola or with water? Water. Number of grand slams? None. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? No. Have you ever killed a jake? No. Yes, yes, yes. Ten-minute successful hunt on a two-year-old or a four-hour-long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old? Four-year-old miss. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Dog. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Less. State you killed your first turkey in? Louisiana. State you killed your last turkey in? Alabama. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Run and gun. Rios or Osceolas? Osceolas. Osceolas or Easterns? Easterns. Easterns or Merriams? Eastern. Fields turkeys or woods turkeys? Woods. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight or beads? Red dot. Rubber boots, leather boots or snake boots? Snake boots. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Home. Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? <laughs> Home video 24. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Zero. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Alabama. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound or to call to call turkeys, what would it be? Yep. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? Six. Favorite turkey hunting book? Memories of Spring. Who taught you how to turkey hunt? My dad. Think of the toughest turkey you've ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? No. Do you, do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Spurs. Biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? Impatience. How long does turkey season last in heaven, and what is the bag limit? No limit. All always open. Bigger fear during season, snakes or spiders? Neither. Bigger fear during season, lightning or tornadoes? Lightning. Your favorite aspect of turkey hunting? Just being there. What's the make of your shotgun? Remington. How many, turkey, how many full body turkey mounts do you own? A dozen. Your favorite turkey shotgun shell? Uh, Winchester. Pump or automatic? Pump. Have you ever left a turkey hunting buddy because he or she overslept and was late? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you hold two records now. A third. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> The first record you hold is you you have the fastest time on the rapid fire Q and A of two minutes and thirty two point seven four seconds. Boom. The second record you hold is you hold the fastest time for the world's longest rapid fire Q and A that was about thirty eight questions. I was gonna 30. say. Wow. That, that seemed like a lot more questions. <laughs> Well, I, I got uh, stumped on how many grand slams because I said none, and I should have said three. I, so I missed that one. Did that disqualify me? Well, He's out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have to give you a 25-second penalty for that. Facebook okay, fact-checkers have found. Uh, Facebook fact-checkers. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, that's a real thing. <laughs> they found false was, false information in this post. I was just getting my, 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 my legs under me, guys. I was not rolling yet well it was so a couple of things stood out to me neither snakes nor spiders no but snake bites me he's gonna probably make me real sick but i'm gonna make him real dead and other than that i'm gonna leave him alone <laughs> so he loses that battle it sounds like. do quick. you do you you may you may not be scared of spiders but do you hate spider webs as much as i do i do yeah. right now in the fall I mean, I, oh, I get 
I'm in a habit of walking around with a stick in my hand with yeah. an antenna to break spider webs. Yeah. When I was fall turkey hunting this fall one morning, I forgot my hat, and I literally I didn't need a face mask because my my face was just a spider web by the time I got to where I wanted to be. <laughs> I mean, it was it was absurd. <laughs> You yeah. don't realize how much the brim of that hat catches for you. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it seems like they're a lot worse in the fall than they are any other time of year. I, I, and I'm not, not real sure why that is. I'm sure there's a scientific reason for it, but I don't know if they're just lower to the ground or, you know, what the deal is. But Maybe man, they catch they're more bad right now. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And, the, and the dang yellow jackets right now, too. Man, they're everywhere. Hmm. I haven't seen that. And don't even talk about mosquitoes here. Good Lord. That bad right now? We have, yeah, we typically, we live on a pretty good hill and swamp is a uh, half mile away. So we're even far enough away and always have a few. But, man, you go around that swamp right now, we call them swamp skeeters. They are just big old black. You feel him when he lands on you. <laughs> they're they're yeah. like yellow jackets there and they're just. Mm. crazy right now uh, well, I got oh go ahead Andy alright the other question that that or answer that stuck out to me was the 10 minute successful hunt on a 2 year old or a 4 hour long hunt with a clean miss on a 4 year old and not very many people take that 4 hour long hunt with a clean miss but that I have a reason if you're interested I want to <laughs> hear it I speculate <laughs> and and think I know the answer but I want to hear your reason well it's a game it's uh, you know, if you play the same football team time and time again, you beat them 25 to nothing, it kind of gets boring. But I just look at turkey hunting as a game, and it's, it's a process of decisions that you have to make that that four-hour hunt gives you the opportunity to make. And if if you miss, you really won, you know. And I've done that a bunch. <laughs> I really have. But I still I love being in the game. That's, that's why I do it. Well. I like to call a miss catch and release turkey hunting. Yep. You got all the good out of that hunt, and you can go to Publix and pick up a whole turkey. Yeah. Hey, you know, I told him out of the woods either because four hours, he's usually a long way from the truck. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about with that question. <laughs> yeah. You will like when it. you get to be my age, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> that is a solid point. Another oh, one oh. that I was curious about, the, the toughest turkey you've ever hunted, and you did not kill him. You uh, you want to tell us a story about that turkey? Well, I there's two or three in my book, Memories of Spring. Yeah, I remember the turkey. There was a turkey that a friend of mine and I, Steve Guy, hunted for three years, not far from here, near Midway, Alabama. And Steve's place is, was, when he bought it, the Mead Timber Company owned the timber rights in there, and the pine plantations were ready to harvest and when they did they did and all they left were smz's and low places where they couldn't get in to get the hardwoods and so this one particular turkey lived out in the middle of a 300 acre clear cut and he walked the roads and it was a it was a chess game with him and you know i've, I've literally have literally walked a mile and a half around a clear cut to get in front of this bird walking down a, a road that he ain't going out off that road. He's just not. It's just too thick and too nasty. And get around there and get in front of him and let him gobble and yep to him and you hear and look and he'd clear the brush and he'd sail off that hill <laughs> on the next road. Goodness. 
<laughs> I mean, it was crazy. That's what skeptical joker. <laughs> uh, he he'd been there, done that. But the last time that that I hunted that turkey was right at the end of the season, and he had a little happy place. There's a about a 400 yard green green strip planted along an SMZ, and he liked to roost on that SMZ, and I knew would be in there somewhere in the afternoon. So I took clippers and clipped my way through briars and stuff for 200 yards off the road to come in across that little creek to get between the creek and that green field. I was just going to set up and see what he did. And all I did when I got in there, of course, that time of year, the wheat had gotten up tall and you couldn't see very far in it. But mm-hmm. it was just a hunch. And I sat down, made me a little blind and got all comfortable and all I did was just do a few little light yips and clucks and purr, and I put my call down and leaned back in my vest and got comfortable, and the wind was blowing a little bit, and I heard, mm-hmm. and he, he drummed about twice more, and I shoot left-handed, and I was expecting him to come from the right, and as usual, he came from the left, <laughs> and that turkey was literally 10 steps from me. Wow. Um, I said, well, he's just going to walk on up here, and I'm going to bust him. Well, when he'd pick his head up, he would drum, he'd pick his head up and look, and when he put his head down, you could see the wheat moving, and then you'd see parts of him. Well, he needed to take about three more steps, and he drummed, he picked his head up, and I thought about making a quick draw on him. I said, put his head down, I've never seen him. So I just stayed there, and 45 minutes later, I'm still squeezing my gun, <laughs> looking down the barrel, and I don't know where he went. I have no clue where it took him until dark, and he was out in the middle of that clear cut on the road, roosted in a single pine tree, and he gobbled twice out there. And I said, okay, you win. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled the trick on I'm you. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he died of old age, but hats off to that bird. Yeah. yeah. You know, those are those are the ones you remember almost the best out of any of them, you know, <laughs> the ones that you never do get. That's the one, you know. When people ask you about turkey hunting and you have a good story you want to share, it's ones like that one you just shared. I love hearing those. Yeah, his, his name was Devil Turkey of Martin Creek. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when I discover the underground trap door system for wild turkeys and white-tailed deer, they have screwed up. That's all I got to say. Well, I'm not willing to go as far as Pittman and breathe through a cane to get the kill one <laughs> no <laughs> i ain't doing that it's still pretty good though yeah that that trick they can pull where i think they they see you but they know they're in range i guess somehow and then they just disappear as soon as they get something where you can't see them they just vanish from earth it's pretty unbelievable trick Yep, yep. But it's everything in the, around you. You've been trying to eat you since you picked your egg. You get pretty good at it too. Yeah, you figure out a couple tricks, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fact. Well, tell us a little bit about turkeys for tomorrow. Give us kind of an update on what's going on there. I know we've had you know a couple folks on. Preston Pittman was talking about his involvement, and then we. Had a biologist on to tell us about some studies we got going. Dr. Gould's be down there. The Turkeys for Tomorrow will be funding. What What's going on with Turkeys for Tomorrow? We haven't had an update in six, eight months, something like that. Well, actually, I was just looking at some stuff this morning, and uh, the, the projects that we're doing in Alabama, we didn't necessarily choose Alabama. Alabama kind of chose us because Dr. Michael Chamberlain and Prayers for his family, folks. He they lost their college age son 
yeah. a couple of weekends ago, and I can't imagine mm-hmm. what that was like, but what yeah. that family's going through. But Dr. Chamberlain was approached by a YouTube group called the Hunting Public because they hunt public land in Alabama and, and were concerned. So they came up with the idea of doing what we call the Song Meter Project, and it's an autonomous listening they deployed autonomous listening devices, and the biologists pick these locations and lay all that out. That's not our job. But they wanted to, to understand the effect of hunting pressure on gobbling activity. So when Dr. Goosby approached us about it, we had in mind another project that we hoped to do. But since uh, that one was already going to happen right here in our backyard, we, we decided to partner the difference is Dr. Will Goosby from Auburn is doing pretty much the same stuff that Dr. Chamberlain's doing on public land. We're going to do it on not adjacent, but the same parallel private land because very little is done research-wise on private lands. And that grew into another aspect that we thought we could do, and that was to try to, to understand the fertility of a of an older gobbler as opposed to a young gobbler and their abilities to fertilize clutches of eggs. And when all this talk started, Alabama Wildlife Federation stepped up and partnered with us on private lands, and it morphed into the next thing, and we're going to radio, no, not radio collar, um, GPS collar, 55 hens on private land and coordinate what these hens are doing during the peaks and valleys of goblin and try to learn more about nesting success and poke survival. And all these turkeys that, that we're going to handle, for, for instance, this fertility study, we're hoping to gather a minimum of 400 sets of testes for, to be analyzed for worm count viability, worm viability in older or younger gobbler. And uh, we realized that we were going to be handling a minimum of 55 turkeys to put the GPS collars on and hopefully 400 turkeys to get testes from. And we decided that, hey, why not draw blood samples or and have those in stock on hand in case we decide to do a disease study. So this thing is really morphed into a, a joint project between UGA and Auburn, the hunting public, Alabama Wildlife Freshwater Fisheries Division is cooperating on the public land side, Alabama Wildlife Federation and Turkeys for Tomorrow, and the partners that, that we all bring. Everybody needs to realize that these things cost a lot of money, it's a, and it's a four-year deal. So we got a, a big road ahead of us to, to fund these things, and we're well on our way, but we need help. And I, I believe in my heart that turkey hunters are a unique group of people, and most of us realize that there's something going on with our turkey populations, especially in the southeast, but it's broader than that, guys. And I believe that turkey hunters will step up and, and help us and help wild turkeys. Yeah, and you're right. It's very broad. It's going on in a lot of places across the country, Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska. You can go up into some parts of the northeast and same deal. So, you know, we did a we did a survey back in April and May, pulled it down toward the end of May, and we asked six basic questions. And one of those questions was, do you think your turkey population is up by 10, 20, 30% or more or down 
10, 20, 30% or more. And we pulled that survey when we had right at 1,500 participants. And it shocked me that from 46 states and one Canadian province, 68% of the people who took that survey said their churches where they hunt were down, in their opinion, 30% or more. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. I've seen it here, and Andy's seeing it there. And most folks I talked to absolutely said the same thing. So that's, that's confirmed by a mass amount of people across the broad landscape. It's, yeah. it's something that uh, it, it tugs at my heart every day. I mean, you heard our situation here. We Our birds, we usually carry a, a winter flock of 40 to 50 birds, sometimes even more than that on our farm. And I think for, well, for most of April and all of May into late June, we didn't have turkey on this place, not a one. And mm. uh, three hens showed up with, they had nine poles between them, and then... There's four jakes with that crew now. That'll be two-year-olds and and two. You know, I don't know how many of those nine are jakes, but I think there's 13 or 14 turkeys here now. You know, you just don't see them in the pastures, and you didn't hear them in the spring. And it's not just here. I can hear it a long way off this hill, and yeah. a lot of hills I stood on this year and not hear a turkey on on a hallelujah morning. That's just something's changed. Right. So yeah. Those studies will be going on, I guess, over the next couple of years, I think is what we had discussed, maybe two springs. Is that correct? No. The, um, the sperm count study is, is a two-year deal, I'm pretty sure, unless we decide to extend it. The song meter project is three years, and the nesting study is either three or four years. But it all starts late winter. Okay. Uh, uh, 22. Nice, nice. That, that's awesome. And then I know on y'all's website, turkeysfortomorrow.org, y'all have more products now available because I've gotten a hat. And actually, while we're sitting here talking, I just ordered a t-shirt. <laughs> so, awesome. so that's good stuff. And well, uh, we, we're taking baby steps. We just are, you know, it takes a lot of money. I, I had no clue how much money it would take just to get your 501c3 when you involve legal counsel and trademarking. And then you start a store, you got to buy inventory. So we've got a basic little store with six items that we're, we hope to expand and, and grow as we grow. But um, we're concerned a little bit about availability of product right now with the way that shipping and all has turned out and all these all this stuff's coming from China. So we're we're talking about trying to maybe just go with all American made stuff. Looks like that might be the only route we have to to restock. So yeah. it's it's all moving. It's just I'm 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 a very patient man when it comes to turkey hunting. My wife taught me that. I didn't know that until I started hunting with her. She has the patience of Job squared, and <laughs> I don't. But I learned that good things come to those who wait, and that's all good and well and good in turkey hunting. But when it comes to trying to get TFT up and going and get it where it needs to be, I'm not that patient. And I have to remind myself, we've been at this eight months, so you know we're doing good. It's just I want to do better, you know. So. There's several things that you'll see starting within the next two weeks that we're going to do to try to appeal to hunters and people who who love and care about wild turkeys. We're starting a GoFundMe that um, I, I approved this morning, and it's other <clears throat> members. The board, our board has to approve that, and we hope for that to go live tomorrow. 
no later than Saturday. The other thing, we got several hunts that we're going to, I think we're going to raffle. For, for, uh, the first one I know is a hunt in, with Northwest Missouri Outfitters where Dave Owens, world champion turkey caller Dave Owens, will be your guide and he'll spend the time with you and help you, you know, get your birds and, and this outfitter in, in Missouri. Another awesome thing that recently happened is Realtree endorsed us and they're coming on as a sponsor and they're going to put a lot of shoulder into this because they care about turkeys too and by that i mean we're gonna we're gonna do another set of hunts in in south texas 67hunts.com they're uh, buying three hunts from them and preston Pittman will be one guide tyler jordan will be one guide and philip culpepper will be the other and they'll all be in camp at the same time so there'll be some television opportunities there and and just to get to hang out with Preston for three days, that ought to be worth something. <laughs> That's worth some big money right there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's all an effort to, to fund these projects, guys. Nobody here is on the payroll. And yeah. I don't know how long we can sustain that. We're going to eventually have to have an administration to handle all this stuff and some employees because it's easy to ask somebody to do something and you can't affect, you know, you can't do a bunch about it if they don't. So some of these things have got to start happening. So the only way I feel comfortable about bossing somebody around is for them to be on the payroll. So yeah, it's just, believe me, it's, it's a, it's a big, big load on a very few people right now. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of ways that I've found you can get money to turkeys for tomorrow with, with, pretty good ease one is uh, backwoods grind coffee company you drink coffee you can go buy the penhody blend coffee off backwoods grind six dollars and fifty cents every bag goes to turkeys for tomorrow there so i just made my cup before we got on here it's delicious feels good knowing six bucks of what i'm drinking went to turkeys for tomorrow (laughs) you can also on amazon if you download the Amazon app, you turn on Amazon Smile, and that will donate a portion of any purchases you make on Amazon. It's a tiny fraction, but it adds up after a while to Turkeys for Tomorrow. You can set it to where that's your charity. And so my genius self, I set my wife's account up there you go. with Turkeys for Tomorrow. So we are, I mean, we, y'all should be loaded very soon because she's, that's judging good. by the you know we're having a baby and, and i mean there's boxes stacked up above the door every day when i get home so y'all ought to be getting plenty out of us from amazon smile but those are two ways that i mean that's a pretty simple way to get some money for stuff we're already doing you know to go to y'all yeah, and then and yeah those things are, are awesome and, and we appreciate all that other things that we're working we totally rebuilt our website we have a young man named Chase Grubbs who's our marketing director, and he is just busting his tail. He's real bright, real passionate about turkey hunting, and he, he made me a little angry for the first time the other day when he didn't return my call, and he didn't answer my text, and when he called me the next day, he said, Jolly, I apologize, but I had just released an arrow into a buck. He's in Iowa, and said, when you texted me, I just put my hands on him, and he scores 206 and 68. I said, you are forgiven. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. And he, he, he's hunting 18 acres. <laughs> he killed this deer. Wow. He's on the right 18 acres. monster of a deer. Yeah. yeah. Just a monster of a deer. Um, he self-found it and 
he's he's a he's brought a lot to the table, and I've got to figure out a way to get that man paid soon because he's doing he's working three jobs, two jobs besides TST. So he's he's been a godsend. One thing I'd like to mention that we're doing is companies like Pistol Creek and Pittman Calls and Deception Sensing Calls. We're gonna they're gonna develop and co-brand each of those companies, and there'll be more Goose and Brat. That too, I'm pretty sure, are going to develop a, a, a call and co-brand it, and they're going to stock it, and we're going to sell it out the store, and they're going to help us with proceeds from that, and we're going to hyperlink to their entire line and nice. um, issue a promo code. And it's, we're just trying to figure out innovative ways to, to pay for these projects, and anybody has an idea, we're open to all that. Yeah. It's, it's just uh, it's a grind. Well, absolutely. Well, I'll say for... I don't know. Y'all been going for about a year now, maybe not even. It seems like it's going pretty good to me <laughs> for starting up after such a short amount of time. Well, we were we got our incorporation in February, so it's a little over eight months. February wow. once coming eight months. A lot yeah. happening in eight months. And that, yeah, and that just shows that turkey hunters understand, and and these manufacturers understand, and it's all. For the turkeys, guys. This is trying to figure out. I, I I don't want to get too sentimental here, but when I was a kid, my dad was taking me turkey hunting. There was a one turkey limit and a little ten day season. And if you heard a turkey gobble, you considered it a success. There just weren't any turkeys where we yeah. did. And God, no, we're nowhere near that now. But we sure don't want to see it go back there. And I I say that to say that now's the time to address it. And you're seeing that. Companies are stepping up with, with support and ideas and hunters are stepping up and that's the key. You know, hunters hunters funded that comeback and hunters can fund this one as well. So I appeal to all of you guys who love turkeys to figure out a way to help. NWTF, help them. Help anybody who's trying to improve their habitat with their predator control. Because it's a whole it's a whole list of things that's it could be wrong, and these three things that we're fixing to do may not be the answer, but at least we eliminate those and move on to the next. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's all you can do. Could be, could not be, but you're right. You're you're learning, so that's that's key. I think um, there's just so much to it. You know, there's there's so many different reasons why this is going on, and you know, the main reason why it's happening in Oklahoma could be very very different than the main reason why it's happening in Georgia. But I guarantee you, you walk through that list of reasons and there, there's going to be a lot of duplication in there. And so... Let me pick your brain just a second here. How are, how are your quail populations? Almost non-existent. <laughs> Equal right. to the leprechaun population around here. Yes. So there's a, a little bit of noise being made now about a virus called LPDV. Mm-hmm. And don't ask me to pronounce what L and P and D and V. V stands for virus. Those three other you got that words, part. Look it up. Just put LPDV in Google and it'll tell you. And you can see if you can pronounce them. But it's a it's a pretty common virus that is um, pretty common in domestic poultry. But they figured out ways to treat that with domestic poultry. But just say that it's that it's that virus. Well, if it's this virus is in turkeys, and that's why we're taking these blood samples to when we can afford it to find out. Because there was a study in Maine, there's one going on in Iowa. In Maine, they trapped 
almost 2,000 birds over a couple of years. And somebody there was smart enough to, to pull blood samples. They were trapping and relocating turkeys across the state of Maine. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's see what, let's analyze this blood. So they did. And right at 50% of them had this LPDV virus. Wow. So if that can be, and, and what this virus does is it's fatal in some instances. It affects clutch sizes and it affects survivability of poult. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if it can be in chickens, turkeys, why can't that be in quail? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm no scientist here. I'm not, but believe me, we're putting it in the hands of people who are, and hopefully we'll figure out the magic bullet. I mean, Preston Pittman has harped on there's a disease for 10 years. And what if that's it? I don't know what we can do about it if it is, but if we don't try to figure it out, we're not going to do anything. So it's yeah. just, it's a process. And it's a big, big process. Well, and like you said, if, if that's not it, at least we'll figure out, hey, this is the problem. So move on to what what else it could be. But, you know, what if that is a huge part of it? And having that information would definitely be helpful. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, I'm speculating when I'm, I'm just, I'm a village over redneck thinking, well, if it could be in turkeys and our turkeys are declining, why couldn't that have been in quail and it's already affected them? I don't know that. I don't know. But it's, it's to me, it's a logical question. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yes, indeed. So you mentioned oh, when, something when about... When I get my trophy? <laughs> it, <laughs> it's a verbal trophy. You get a, you get a your, congrats. That's your <laughs> trophy's sitting in a shipping container off the coast of Long Beach in yeah. California. Okay. And I expect it here, well... It was supposed to have been delivered yesterday, but... Uh, Put my son's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably about right. Probably about right. So so no no press release either? This is the press release. <laughs> we should do a press release, Cameron. That'd be, that'd be funny. Let's do that. All right. So... You mentioned something about writing a little bit. Is there a, a second book in the works? Well, yes and no. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm. My goal is to uh, have it for 2023. I'm, I'm very slow um, when I write these things. I, I don't. I don't do well. I don't have a lot of fun writing how tos and identifying this acorn from that acorn and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I, I like to write. I always called it heart string, heart tugs, and, and so I've got a list of stories that I want to write, and I've written some of them. And yes, yes, I'm working on it. Uh, no guarantees at my age, but you know, it's something I'm working on. Another thing we're thinking about, we're, we're probably going to do. Memories of Spring has has just been a very, very pleasant surprise. It's been so well accepted. I'm pretty sure I've talked to my designer, and I'm waiting for a cost projection on this. But I think we're going to do 300 a limited edition of 300 hardcover, full-color Memories of Spring and have that for sometime next year, I hope. That'll be good. And, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, hopefully. I know I truly enjoyed that book. And why don't you tell folks if, if they want to get a copy of Memories of Spring if they don't have one already, because it is an excellent book. How do they go about doing that? Uh, you can go to Memories of Spring, my Memories of Spring Facebook page, or message me on Facebook, or Messenger at Ron D. Jolly, or just I don't give out a, an address and everything here because oh, no, no. Yeah. you don't want me showing up on your front door come 
opening day <laughs> of the turkey right. season. So <laughs> I told you I didn't trust you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and there's good reason. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's, uh, working with Preston has been such a blessing. I've, I've known Preston. I actually tried to get Preston to give me a job as a videographer when I first started. <laughs> He, he looked me in the eye, and he was going on a, a big hunt out west, and he was going to have this guy go video him. I said, Preston, you let me go. He looked me in the eye and said, John, you had no idea what you were getting into. <laughs> and I said, okay. So he took this other guy, and then a year later, Will Primo's offered me that opportunity, and Preston was right. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it's taken me to some wonderful places I'd have never gotten to go and, and met so many people. It's been a wonderful, wonderful career and 16 years with the Conservation Department in Alabama. And some of that was hunting stuff to start with. And so I, God's been too good to me, guys. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a cool, cool story with Preston there. You need to convince Preston to write a book. <laughs> Preston's trying to figure out somebody to sit down and, and write it while he talks it. He can't write it. <laughs> uh, Preston, that ain't audio me. book. That'd be, that'd be a good way for him to do it, maybe. I have sent him a little technological way of doing it, and I think when I said the word technology, I think his eyes glazed over and his ears closed, and <laughs> he, he just went you know completely blank on me. And I think he he was through with me at that point. Uh, but yeah, I, I've I've shown he, him how he can do it just sitting there talking to his computer. But I don't think he's going to do that. He's forgotten that by now. I can assure you. Well, hopefully he'll get something together. That'd be a good one too. Need to need to do that. And I'm definitely looking forward to your second book. I'll you'll sell one copy. I can tell you that much. You can book that one. <laughs> Is that what you're going to give me for Christmas that year next year, Cameron? Oh, two copies. Oh, there one we go. One for Andy and one for me. <laughs> well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, guys. We Right now, we're in the middle of this limited edition call series that Preston and I are doing. It's, yeah. It's been really fun. I have learned so much from him. He is just a magician with wood. He just mm-hmm. And he's really discovered another facet of it because Preston has been into mass production his whole career and he's finally gotten to a place where he can back up and and really perfect the call this this pot call that we're doing right now it took us it took me three trips to West Point about eight or nine days when we were prototyping and the, we changed the guts of this call from something he already made we changed that up a little bit and, and it was beautiful but we just could not get the sound that we wanted so Preston says it's got to be in the striker I said okay what do we do he goes by and he turns the ugliest oh I mean it was ugly but it was <laughs> quite a bit heavier than anything he had and sure enough the, the it came to life <laughs> so Preston has a company that mass produces his strikers for him so we went to those people and took that old ugly little ugly striker and said we want it to sound like this and weigh this much but we want it to look like this which is the striker we got and it's beautiful and they came back with 11 strikers it took them a couple of weeks to get everything set and they came back with 11 strikers and every one of them was within five grams of each other weight wise wow and 
every striker would play on every call. It just it just lit it up. But That's even cool. at that, even at that, Preston sits down with number twenty or number sixty or whatever it is of those two hundred calls, and he'll go through five or six, and he'll find one striker that he really likes and set it aside and go laser that number of that call on that striker. So it's hand paired by Preston, and wow. I don't, I can't really tell that difference in them, but he can. Yeah, I mean he's a judge of the calling competition. He's He's probably really tuned his ears where he can catch those subtleties, I'm sure. Uh, that's all he's done all his life. So, yeah. I mean, he's won. So, you're telling me if, competition. if I get one of those and the turkey doesn't come, it's probably not the call's fault. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can just say it was a mean turkey. How's that? <laughs> there you go. I like it. Make me feel better. Yeah. yeah don't, those... don't take. Go ahead. Don't take any blame. <laughs> yeah i i'm amazed you know I, I go to or have gone to the unicoi show i guess the past three years in a row i'll probably go again this year or you know in 2022 and just these guys that have been making turkey calls for years and years and years it's just mind-blowing how they're they just pick up on it you know they can grab a striker and play it and go nope grab another one play it and go it's okay. Pick up another one and play it. Nope. Pick up one and go, oh, yeah, here. Oh, yeah. That's right. I tell you, uh, he's the same a gentleman named Bob. There's a gentleman named Bob Fulcher mm-hmm. in Ohio. Yep. And I got a nice message from him a couple months back, and he makes the most beautiful long box you've ever seen. And <laughs> he asked me about TFT, and, and we talked about it a little bit. And next thing I know, he sent me a picture at the bottom of that call, and it was to my friends at TFT, number one of more to come. And he's gonna, he sent me that call the other day, and I was gonna use it to as a promotion for to try to raise some money with it. And he said, nope, number one stays with TFT. There will be more. So, you know, you oh, just, wow. those are guys who he puts. It takes him two years to build that box, and he does very little power tools. He does. It. All hand stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's an art. It's an art. Yeah. It's all you can make out of it. Yeah. And Bob's a great guy and a heck of a turkey call maker. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful piece of work. Some of this yes, stuff is, is very humbling, guys. It's very humbling. Yep, no doubt. Well, what do you say we wrap up the interview today with a turkey hunting story? Me tell one? Yeah, I want you to tell the story of the last turkey that you killed. Uh-huh. Okay, last turkey I killed, I have a good friend named Max Pugh. And when I've done an outdoor Alabama television show, Max Pugh was my go-to guy. If I needed a deer to hunt or a turkey to hunt that we could do on video, Max Pugh was the guy. He could, he would invite me to some of his properties and, and we would go hunt, you know. And, and Max was just always great to do anything you ask for the camera. He always put the camera first. So um, I had an assignment to do a story for Gamekeepers Magazine about uh, the, the small bore revolution in turkey hunting and, and the TSS shot thing. So hmm. I had my friend Jeff Sherwood build me a youth model 20 gauge 870 and customize it for this for this story. So I had never shot a turkey with this gun and Max called me and says, 
I got some bird if you want to come get this story done. So we go down there and stand in the dark, and I didn't even hear the turkey gobble. Max, he just gobbled way in there to the south. So we lit out and went in there. And this is one of those perfect stories because the further we went, the more we could hear him, and he was right. And we cut through a little block of woods and got on the edge of a place that had been fresh, mulched, and mature pines, and two long beards out that cut over. And it was one of those perfect, classic, yep, three or four times, and here they come. And I shot that turkey with, with Max there, and, and that was the last bird I killed. That's two years ago. Man, two years. When, when did you break that streak? I, I bet you thought I was going to tell you about some old bad turkey, didn't you? <laughs> hey, we, I never know when I ask that question what I'm going to get out of it. And, you know, those flash hunts, and I wouldn't really say, you know, that's as much of a flash hunt because it was a, you know, sound like a fly down, you know, kind of a fly down hunt to me. But the the quick ones, man, we got to take them when we can get them. Yeah. These birds are already on the ground the time we got to them. And we could not get real close because it was so open that they came a long ways. And it would have been an awesome video hunt. What, what makes that hunt stick out in my mind is the friendship I have with Max Key. And yeah. Max was one of those guys that just called me out of the blue when I was doing a TV show and said, hey, if you ever need some help, I'll be glad to help you. And sure enough. I went down and we did a deer hunt together and you know, that's been 20 years ago now and we're still great friends and even hunt together every now and again. So I think he yeah. doesn't invite me as much anymore because he don't get his face in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I like that. That is awesome. Well, thank you, Jolly, for joining us again this time. We sure appreciate yes, having you on anytime. Well, I appreciate y'all having us, guys, and, and helping us get the word out and yeah. Anybody has any questions, go to turkishtomorrow.org and or to our social media sites and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we don't do much on Twitter yet. We <laughs> we're struggling with content right now and having time to do that like we should. But we're getting there. Appreciate any help anybody can help with. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. We encourage everyone to do that. Thank you again for coming on. Always Thank good to guys. talk Y'all to you. Thank you, week. Ron. Yes, sir. God bless you. Bye bye. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Ron. He's always a ton of fun to have on the show. Again, just all-around good guy, great turkey hunter, and I'm glad that I've gotten to know Ron over the past couple of years. And I know that I appreciate, and I know you guys do too as well, his involvement with Turkeys for Tomorrow and the big push there to make sure that we have turkeys for tomorrow. So I'm going to keep the intro and outro very brief this week. Since I've got it so low, I'll spare you guys from having to listen to me mumble for too much longer. So we're going to wrap this thing up, and we'll catch you guys next week. Now, any of you who are out there deer hunting, squirrel hunting, duck, goose hunting, if any of that's in in your state, please be careful. Remember, you cannot pull back that shot once the trigger breaks on your gun. So always make sure you identify your target. Practice good gun safety rules out there. Have fun, and we will see you next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending our time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. All right, so what I want you guys to do is jump on social media and just rail on Cameron. I mean, wear him out about TSS, decoys, 
and fanning. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.